Welcome to Purpose Inc., the podcast where we discuss corporate purpose and stakeholder capitalism. I'm your host, Michael Young. All right. Uh, this is the final interview of season one of Purpose Inc. Um, we made it. And on this episode, I'm coming back to a topic that I've touched on with a few other guests, specifically the UN Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs. And today we're going to talk about SDG 16. And 16 is perhaps the most complicated and in, of the SDGs for its breadth and depth and reach. And let me just read it to you. Quote, Promote peaceful and inclusive societies for sustainable development, provide access to justice for all, and build effective, accountable, and inclusive institutions at all levels, close quote. So SDG 16 covers peace, justice, strong institutions, promoting the rule of law, ending trafficking and violence, controlling illegal weapons, corruption, bribery, all of which, any of which in and of themselves are huge. And, and why I want to talk about this is because one of its core ideas is trusted information and everything from, and that's everything from birth records and tax records and the public access to information and the need for a free press. And for the most part, those aren't things that we think a lot about here in the U.S. and the West. Um, you know, everybody's got a birth certificate. But not, that's not true everywhere. And we know the tax records of property that's been bought and sold, but that's not true everywhere. So integrity of information uh, is a huge part of how groups develop trust. Um, and so to, to talk about that today is Meg Parker-Young, the Director of Impact Strategy and Development for Thomson Reuters. And and Meg was recognized by the UN as the UN Global Compact SDG pioneer for business accountability and transparency. And Meg's worked uh, around the world on international development, covering China, West Africa, Latin America, the Middle East. She holds her MBA from Yale and did her undergrad at Middlebury. And as part of Thomson Reuters, and I think everybody who listens to this podcast knows Thomson Reuters as a 170-year pioneer for timely, accurate, unbiased information across legal, tax, and finance markets, but also Reuters as one of the true gold standards of trust and integrity and independence in journalism and reporting. And so on today's podcast, Meg and I talk about UNSDG 16 specifically, about which Meg knows a ton. Uh, and we get into why trusted information is a core component of for every aspect of a free society. Um, and and specifically how SDG 16 informs corporate responsibility and ESG through transparency, and that gets into looking at supply chains and trafficking and compliance and reporting. And SDG really informs how corporations partner with the communities where they do business. So they, and and we can all live up to our highest ideals. And we get into 
really get into this idea of transparency and integrity of information uh, extensively. We talk about the current infodemic that we're having around the pandemic and the attack on transparency and truth and information. So it's a great capstone interview to season one of Purpose Inc. And I'm incredibly grateful to Meg for her uh, coming on the podcast. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Meg Parker-Young of Thomson Reuters. Meg, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, Michael. It's great to be here with you today. Thank you. So a lot to talk about today, a very wide brief, and and, and I'm really interested in digging in with you about your role at Thomson Reuters, obviously, uh, as the head of impact strategy there, but maybe pulling back a moment and, and, and talking about uh, what you're doing with uh, the UNSG SDG pioneer work around SDG 16 globally. You've got a wide brief, and then we're going to drop into a much deeper conversation about accountability and transparency and misinformation. So a ton to talk about, but let's let's jump in. Sounds great. We'll make a a great use of these 20 minutes. Um, Great. Well, well, thanks so much. Um, It's it is an exciting time uh, to work in the impact strategy space. I think that, um, you know, as your podcast has shown, businesses are, are thinking in new and really innovative ways around how it is that they can tie questions of greater social impact into the core of um, the ways that they go about doing business. And so that has been, you know, the, the core thrust of my work at Thomson Reuters, um, you know, has been thinking through what are those core competencies that we have as an organization across uh, the legal market, the tax market, our um, incredible um, media and journalism arm, and how do we, by virtue of doing this work, um, have the ability to move the needle on some key societal issues. Um, And just on on the Thomson Reuters side, I realize a lot of people know us for the Reuters journalism brand, which is Pulitzer Prize winning and absolutely incredible, built on 170 years of um, trust and integrity and independence in in reporting, uh, which is incredible and is also um, one part of what our organization does. Um, We, as as a whole, um, give people the information, expertise, and tools that they need to generate insight. Um, And uh, other businesses look to us for timely, accurate, unbiased information in the moments when they most need it. Um, across you know many many industries, so it's it's an incredible space to work, um, and I think that that platform that we that we um, operate from allows us to have a shared sense of purpose uh, that what we do helps support the very foundations of society, of our legal and justice systems, of um, the flow of funds across sectors, and the role of a free press. So it, um, it's exciting to know that um, the work that we do, if we do it well, helps the world to work better. Um, so I feel that from that space, we have an opportunity to lead a, a bigger conversation um, in some spaces, especially as it relates to questions of access to justice and transparency issues. And it was through that lens and some of the strategy work that I was able to support at Thomson Reuters these last few years that 
um, allowed me this year to um, uh, to be recognized with the UN as an SDG pioneer um, for business accountability and transparency. And I recognize that not everyone knows what SDG means. That's um, the UN um, a few years back um, created 17 sustainable development goals that set out at an international level what might we need to do across all sectors in order to create a more sustainable world, uh, which is a really big question and one that governments are asking and answering, companies are asking and answering, um, individual communities and school groups are working with these. So it's it's a really great, the Goals Act, I think, is a shared vocabulary across sectors. Um, and here at Thomson Reuters have been a wonderful space to focus in our efforts and understand the, the spaces where we think we can have sort of that most authentic voice. Mm, that's great. And as you were talking, I was, you know, obviously, you know, we all know that a free press is an undercarriage, part of the undercarriage of a free society and a democratic society. But as you know, and I, I've, I've looked at SDG 16 quite a bit and prior to this and really connecting these things as they're, they're so vital. We, we, we took them for granted, I think for a long time in this country and they're so vital and things, freedom of information, transparency, uh, and the support that the, those that information either has or doesn't have to broader institutions. And, and indeed these all roll up into human rights Right. I mean, that's Absolutely. really the point of this is that these these are not nice to haves. Um, exactly. Right? I think I think you're making a great point. Um, you know, as you look at SDG 16, it um, it's a funny one when you compare it to the other SDGs where, you know, um, uh, you know, life on land or life underwater or, um, um, you know, the, the, uh, the others, I think, tend to have. Um, some verbs and nouns that are, while the goal itself is not easy to get to, it's pretty easy to, to wrap our heads around what, what is the goal that we're driving towards. Um, within SDG 16, it is the most complicated of the sustainable development goals um, in, in the breadth of its reach. So at a high level, it talks about peace, justice, and strong institutions, um, which is, you know, an incredible, First of all, it's a mouthful, but second of all, it's, it's a huge writ for a single goal. Um, and, you know, as we as we think about it, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Within each one of those, that question of a shared set of um, trusted information and the integrity of that information that allows for um, trust and, dis, you know, um, and trusted decision making to emerge um, between groups across sectors, across nations, um, that is that is fundamental for our capacity to um, to achieve this goal over time. So we we take our role within that community focusing on SDG 16 very seriously. Um, and and you're right, especially with the human rights angle, the the question of um, of access to information. This is you know this is not theoretical. This is related to questions of um, you know transparency across supply chains, um, tracking down human trafficking rings. Um, you know, thinking about how it is that we have the ability to partner with, um, uh, you know, with communities, with corporations, with governments uh, to best um, both protect um, uh, protect one another and also um, ensure that we are living up to our our highest ideals. 
And I think that that shared shared information is is a core component within that. Um, whether you're talking about the freedom of the press itself um, or around the the critical information that our our legal community, our justice community, our um, um, you know our, our tax collectors are using to make decisions that that impact at the end of the day families' lives and and individuals' lives. Yeah, and even <clears throat> within SDG 16, there are things like birth records, and I don't know if property um, rights, but if you if you know we many 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 people worldwide millions uh, are born every year and have no birth record. There are pro- there's property that is not legally recorded. So all of this, again, it stacks and layers up, 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 and information is really right at the core of it. Um, and, it, and, it and it speaks to government accountability, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and frankly, corporate accountability. Yeah, and I think absolutely. that that's, that's a space that is exciting to see in this moment. Um, you know, we are, this is, it's trite, but we are in a moment of absolute, you know, global upheaval and across multiple um, parts of our society. And I think that a trend that we've seen these last few years has been corporations considering the, the changing shape that their role might take on um, as they, as they respond to those questions. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what um, what that means, particularly in the fact that this, you know, it, it doesn't make sense for corporations to do this work in a vacuum. It, it must be done in a way that reaches across sectors and integrates um, the understanding and true collaboration um, with, you know, with our public sector counterparts, with civil society, with nonprofit groups. Um, and I, it's my pleasure within my role at Thomson Reuters to have that capacity um, to to act as that extended arm um, in many cases across to those groups and and to consider where and how can we show up together to further questions of access to justice? How are we pushing for more transparency? Um, you know, in the midst of the you know the broad moment we live in, or in in reaction to an individual crisis, for instance, with COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, Meg, I think you were the first person I heard utter the word infodemic. Um, now, <laughs> yes. that, yeah, and and maybe we could talk a little bit about the the connection and the correlation between information, misinformation. Um, we've all been introduced to um, the notion of fake news, um, which again, how how what again. Corporate accountability, transparency, responsibility is what we talk about here on this podcast primarily. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts and your thinking and the work you're doing, particularly around the Media Literacy Project. How is this all playing out now? Because in a best of world, these are hard things to stay up on. Mm-hmm. As, as we've seen COVID and most recently George Floyd and and the Black Lives Matter uh, protests. This this has all become much more. It, it's become crystallized in terms of information, quality of information, et cetera. So, again, amazing times, interesting times, dangerous times, maybe hopeful times. How are you thinking about all of this right now, from your standpoint? You know, I think. I think you're absolutely right that we're seeing a crystallization of what before might have 
we might have seen as as themes or, or you know a, a growing you know a growing sense that this might be important. Um, you know when I when we were talking about media literacy last year, uh, which you know we um, within Thompson Reuters media literacy has been a, a passion, um, especially within the Reuters group for a while. We think it is critical to build media literacy scale uh, skills around the world um, to support our societies in at an individual level, deciphering fact from fiction, being able to understand sourcing and, and the importance of, of digging into the source of the information that you are making decisions about that impact your, your health, your well-being, your community. Um, so we, we, we have taken that seriously for a long time. Um, but this year, you know, where last year might have been a, a broad conversation of media literacy in, in the midst of COVID-19, we we saw the speed and pace of misinformation um, pick up in an extraordinary way. And, and a lot of this was coming out of uh, the desk of Hazel Baker, um, who is the head of user-generated content news gathering of Reuters, um, as well as um, the head of a fact-checking unit there. And their, their work um, in the last few months in helping to identify and combat this misinformation has, been, has just been extraordinary. And we saw an opportunity there to partner uh, with the National Association for Media Literacy Education, who um, is, again, a, a longtime um, beloved partner, um, to think about how is it that we pull together these, these skill sets. And, you know, rather than having a, a heady conversation about why this matters, we, you know, within the course of weeks, uh, turned around a suite of tools and materials um, that could be shared uh, broadly to help at an individual level, as well as uh, for teachers and students to combat um, combat basically the infodemic, uh, which the, the, the UN, uh, I think was the first one I heard to coin that term, um, that was that was compounding the issue of the pandemic. We saw that as, you know, just as there was a, um, you know, that we, we've had work towards flattening the curve of COVID-19, um, we know that a huge part of that is individual um, community, corporate, and governmental understanding of what this, you know, what this disease is and how we might combat it. And the only way that there's a fighting chance of the best scientific opinion to get out there and inform individual decision-making um, is if our, our consumers of news have an understanding of, of how to, again, decipher fact and fiction within that. Um, so it was, it was a really, really rapid um, and scrappy group that pulled together um, this, this suite of tools um, but really, again, it went from theory to action, you know, in a matter of, of basically two and a half weeks. Um, and, and anyone who's interested, you can find um, that suite of materials on ThompsonReuters.com. Um, please feel free to engage, use, share, um, talk to us if you have ideas of, of where or how you'd like to see that move further. Um, but there's there's just so, so much to do within that space. Mm. Yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes for sure. <clears throat> um maybe just picking up on the infodemic and I mean, there has been a, it, it feels like a concerted effort on the part of some to demolish the notion of objective reality. I think I first started to read about that in light of what um, I think is now known as the Putin playbook. Um, we don't have to, go too far into whether that is a thing or not, but I, I and I'll, I'll bring it up to date. I was on Sunday, I was talking to somebody and saying, you know, with all of the sort of 
social unrest and change and indeed protest and demonstration for change, I said, I'm, I'm buoyed up by Gen Z and intergenerational change. And this person said to me, you know, yes, but remember, Gen Z is probably, they, they have grown up in a post-truth world, right? In a world that has been flooded with memes and misinformation. So what is the responsibility? What is, where, where, how do we turn the tide? I guess if you have an answer to the, the demolition of, of objective reality and the attack on media, scientists, academia, even the role of government, um, but certainly the media from where you're, the, the organization that you're a part of, how do we turn that around? And how, you know, what, what are the actions that organizations, people, individuals can take? Um, and obviously getting educated is mm-hmm. what you just said, right? But I, absolutely, more, but there, there's yeah. a, a corporate angle to that too. I think that, yeah. you know, if you're sitting, you know, if you were like me sitting, you know, in a, um, you know, an impact or ESG focused role within an organization um, and thinking about how, how does this impact my work? Um, you know, I, I'll say from where we sit that that question of the integrity of information being fundamental to actually the, you know, the, the operations of our business, um, we take that very seriously um, and that we as a business are, are built on trust um, and that trust in unbiased, objective information that we provide to business professionals across sectors, as well as to consumers of news, that that is an absolute you know, bedrock of our ability to do business um, and is a bedrock of our ability to support these necessary fundamental um, elements of peace, justice, and strong institutions. Um, so they are they're they're tied together, and there is you know from from a corporate perspective, um, frankly you know we, for better or for worse, our, our focus there is continuing to deliver objective, unbiased information in um, you know and with um, that bedrock of fact um, you know in every single um, in every single instance in which we do business. Um, I think that it also lends itself, that same question can lend itself to a, a different perspective when you're looking within an organization uh, from that ESG lens of, great, so we know this about our own business, um, but what, what do we know about our supply chain? Um, and how much, how, much can we, how much can we trust the information that we are getting about our supply chain? What, what questions are we asking about that? Um, and similarly, you know, and, and thinking about that again, looking further down the value chain into how is it that we're building these, um, you know, delivering the information we need to and um, building that trust with, with our customers, with our communities, with our employees who, frankly, you know, we have um, uh, around 25,000 employees around the world um, that the, the trust um, with, with that group in particular, I'd say, is, is um, critical uh, to being able to, you know, to do our work and again, to be able to expand our impact worldwide. Um, you know, and I, I think that we take for, for as long as I've been at Thompson Rivers and much longer before that, we've had an extraordinary culture of employee engagement and really a purpose-driven um, group of individuals that come that come to work at Thompson Reuters and, and stay because of that, that culture. And so as we consider how is it that we work on these on these issues, we're not just thinking about 
we're not just thinking about products, we're not just thinking about customers, um, or even these, you know, um, international organization partnerships, we're often thinking first about these employees. Um, you know, for instance, um, in, in these last few weeks in the aftermath of the tragic death, death of George Floyd, we have seen um, a, a just huge response from our over 6,000 employees based in Minneapolis. Um, and we who are deeply connected to their communities and deeply connected to um, the questions uh, that that um, that are being brought up right now. And so our diversity and inclusion team, our community impact team and our social impact institute um, have teamed up to develop a one million dollar response fund to rebuild right in Minneapolis. Um, but more importantly, within that, there was an immediate doubling of volunteer hours for all staff internationally but specifically noting that that creates the opportunity for more than 90,000 hours of volunteer work directly within the Twin Cities, um, in addition to the 20 hours per person of pro bono legal support that um, our you know, thousands of lawyers on staff have the ability to bring to these questions. So um, I, I think that there's, there's a lot of power in, um, there's a lot of power in empowering our employees to be able to take their own action directly on, on combating these issues. Yeah. Yeah. Integrity begins at home. Right. Exactly. Right. That's great. And I, I, I was not aware that you had such a large footprint in the Twin Cities. And that's very, very exciting to hear that your your people are playing a role in helping rebuild that community. Um, and I, I, I maybe want to come back to, um, again, because I, I do tend to focus on the role of business and corporations and corporate purpose on this podcast, you know, I, I one uh, why I'm perhaps hopeful about combating disinformation is organizations, corporations have a vested interest in information integrity. Right? You just think about the market. The market are price signals. That's information. So the economics, uh, while on one hand are driving the Facebook rage machine, and I will not go too far down that road, but there are economic models that are benefiting from disinformation and, and, and rage. I think at the same time, and why I'm perhaps somewhat hopeful is organizations, corporations, lawyers in particular, um, thank you very much, lawyers, are absolutely categorically concerned with facts and truth and data. And so I think not to say that corporations are our only hope, but there it, it is interesting to when you step back and look broadly defined, individuals may be challenged with their under media literacy and understanding and fact checking, but corporations certainly are putting in the duty cycles to ensure that they have access to good information, that it's accurate and they can act on it. And so that's part of why I remain interested and hopeful in the role of corporations in, in being productive social actors. So that was a little bit of a sermon, but, um, I love it. Yes. But, <laughs> well, but I, I think, I agree. I agree yeah. with you. I think that we have, we absolutely have, you know, both, an opportunity and an obligation to have this bigger conversation um, and to think about how this next generation of solutions can reimagine how people are working, how they are connecting and what 
um, how we make the information news and, you know, and software they're relying on more relevant, interconnected and trustworthy. Um, and especially, you know, to your point on justice, we, you know, we fundamentally believe that societies can't, can't thrive without justice and transparency and that trusted information um, is, is a necessary component. And you also need actors who are ready to defend that. Um, and, you know, every day around the world, we, we see affronts um, to, to this, you know, from, from misinformation um, campaigns or um, from questions of, you know, shifting spaces for moral authority, for instance, in society. I, I think in the midst of that, I, I am excited by the questions that people are asking right now. Um, and I also believe so firmly in um, ensuring that in the midst of this, there are foundational voices that continue to operate with that authentic, trusted, unbiased approach, um, you know, for, for over 100 years, if not more, that, that allow a um, goal, you know, that allowed a, a shared conversation to emerge um, and that allow uh, groups to be able to come together around um, a shared set of questions, a shared set of information, and to be able to move farther and faster because of that. Yeah, and I I think what is <clears throat> very apparent is that the gap between what organizations say and what they do has collapsed and for the better. And I think that then just speaks to more transparency, more accountability, more action on a host of issues and whether that we didn't even get into ESG, right? But you know, whether that is saying one thing in your ESG disclosures and lobbying for another, that those gaps are now narrowing and tightening. And I think we're seeing this on the, you know, the board governance side and every, every mm -hmm. board governance expert will say, yes, we want cognitive diversity. Well, show us a picture of your <laughs> board yeah. and we'll just tell you right off the top if you've got cognitive diversity. So I think these are these are big, big, big questions that underlie a lot of systemic issues and absolutely. And I yeah. I think it's, you know, it's something that we all have to approach with um at least from where I said, a combination of of hope and humility. I think that it's it's easy, especially for a a large multinational with a big history um, to let, you know, the perfect be the enemy of the good here. Um, and so, you know, sitting in the small but mighty team that I do with some extraordinary team members, um, we, we take it really seriously to both work externally in partnership towards these bigger questions, but consistently to take those same things we're learning, turn around and reflect them internally and consider, you know, as we're, as we're talking about this large issue, you know, out in the marketplace, how is it that that is impacting the way that we're setting up, for instance, our sourcing and procurement practices? How is that influencing our conversations um, with our finance team as we look at our own um, carbon targets in the coming years, which we, we aligned this year to the 1.5 degree science-based target. We're very excited about that. Um, so I think that, again, that being able to approach it with, um, with that big aspiration, um, but a continuous learning mindset on the part of the corporation to know that we are we are here to both learn and lead and and our job in both will never be done. 
That's great. That's great. Meg, we, this has been a fantastic uh, half hour nearly, and I am incredibly grateful to you for coming on the podcast and talking about these absolutely pivotal issues of transparency and accountability and access. So I thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Michael. It's been a pleasure. The Purposing Podcast is a production of Actual Agency, helping innovators communicate in a changing world. More at www.actual.agency.